Hello, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslim Speaks, the place where we talk about all things Muslim. So we are continuing with our friendship series where we're talking about how we can talk to our children about choosing friends and how we can encourage them to pick better friends by basically educating them and having conversations with them. So if you didn't already hear our introduction about the four different lessons that I'm going to put forward for you guys, please go back to the introduction and listen to that first so you can get an idea of why we're doing this topic, the importance of it, and basically how this series is going to go. And so this is lesson one. Uh, we're talking about friendship within the Islamic perspective. So one thing I've learned over the years with teaching is when you talk about a topic like love, friendship, marriage, it's really important to define what we mean because that word might mean different things to different people. Understandably so, right? With our different um, experiences, just personally, then we have cultural um, things that might be a part of that. We might have religious um, aspects. So defining things are super important. So when we say friendship, maybe friendship to our children outside of our family has been defined for them. Maybe not even directly, but indirectly by the environment that they're in, by their teachers, by their school, um, possibly by their friends that they have. They've gotten an idea of what it means to have a friend or what friendship might mean. But what's really important for our children is because we're Muslim, and if you're not, what I would say to you, if you're not Muslim too, I would encourage you to teach your children whatever it is that your particular um, core beliefs are or what your your religion is because we can't assume that they just know from what they see. So basically, the first part of this lesson is going to be defining what a good friend is in Islam, like the actual definition according to Islam, and the reward of having one. And the second part is discussion questions. Actually, what I would say is every single one of these lessons is going to begin with an open discussion question or two and then ending with an open discussion question or two. And why is that? Because... Really, really, I found that over the years, what's really important is make sure we have some meaningful questions for our children. We don't just want to be lecturing at them. I don't know. I mean, we've been children. I don't think we ever appreciated when our parents just talked at us the whole time. I think this engagement or this exchange is important at any age with children. And we have to give them the understanding that we're willing to listen to them. We're not just going to talk at them. So the opening discussion question I would ask them is I'd really just try to gauge where they are in their understanding of friendship. So I do that by saying simply to the child, what is your definition of a good friend? Or when you look for a good friend, what do you look for? And I mean, depending on the age of the child and who you're talking to, you might phrase it one way or the other. But the idea is to get from the child exactly what they think a good friend is. Maybe a good friend does this or a good friend um, talks to you like that, whatever it is. Either way, give your child a moment to think and do less talking and more listening. And, and understand sometimes it takes a bit of wait time. Sometimes also the kid might not understand the question. We might have to phrase it a different way. And that's totally normal, right? So you can do this. And, and after they start to talk, we want to make sure we actively look like we're listening. Sometimes we have body language that we don't pay attention to, right? Maybe we're trying to make this time where we talk to our kids, but actually we're like super stressed out or something, you know, just happened to us an hour ago and our mind's kind of still on it. But we got to show the children that body language, we're, we're actually really engaged. So we can do this by kind of nodding our head as they're speaking, saying things like, oh, interesting, great point. I haven't considered that. And I mean, it's not really basic for me to mention these things to people, but honest to truth is not everybody is conscious as they're listening and it's just reminding ourselves to be active listeners. So basically after we give them time to talk about that, 
then we actually go into defining what friendship looks like in Islam. And this is basically where we explain that Muslims see true friendship possibly a little bit differently than non-Muslims or, or their friends at school. There's some things that their friends or, or others who are, who are non-Muslims might think are okay, might think are no big deal to do or to say. But in Islam, in Islam we see things differently. Right, and then we're gonna explain the concept of ta'ahi, which is the Islamic sisterhood or brotherhood, and that it has its own standards. And it's basically when two people love each other for the sake of Allah, solely for the sake of Allah, and they're not looking for any gain from the other person. And we might throw examples about like what we mean by this, right? And friendship is completely unconditional, basically in Islam, long-lasting and selfless. Now we know that right now that's not necessarily what the average friendship looks like. And I talked about in the last pa- uh, podcast, but in the introduction. And kind of how it's it's very self-serving. So we're looking for friends that are kind of the opposite. They're very selfless. And um, the rules of engagement basically in this type of relationship go beyond personal feelings or preferences. Instead, it's like this mutual understanding based on the Quran and Sunnah. Now, the more you talk to your child about what that means, the more they'll understand. I'm not saying to talk to them exactly like this, but you basically... Um, explain to them that the friendship they might have seen outside and what is considered okay or not okay is not necessarily the same belief we have, right? And I'm not talking about like screaming at them about like halal and haram, not at all. It's not just about that. It's about other things as well. Then you introduce the concept of ta'ahi and in Islam and just like the fact that we have our own way of looking at what friendship is. And then you can add some basic concepts that I mean just obvious to us, but to the child sometimes it's just good to say it, right? For example, the, our friends should um, not lie but be truthful. They should not backbite about others. They should encourage us to do good ourselves. And they should be doers of good, right? They should not pressure us into bad things. And if you're talking to preteens or teens at this point, you're going to talk like a little bit less like teachy, like I'm doing. You're obviously going to act like you're having a casual conversation. But you might want to also throw out things there about um, that they really shouldn't be engaging in inappropriate interactions with the opposite gender. And you might want to talk about that for a minute with them. And basically why, you know, the, the understanding of why. I'm not going to go into all that right now, but if you want me to talk more about it, please message me and I'll go into that. So the other benefit, and this is really the teens, this is where the teens really get it, but with the younger kids, it's really good for them to hear it too. But I'm telling you, I talk to a lot of teenagers and I run a lot of classes and for most of them, their problem is a lot of drama and sadness. And because we have bad friends or we're surrounded by the wrong types of people, in all honest truth, they just bring us a lot of drama and a lot of sadness. And I can tell you um, just from my experience that that when you find the right friends oh my goodness that burden is lifted from you alhamdulillah so we're going to explain to them that it isn't a matter of just halal and haram haram halal that's why we tell you you shouldn't have this friend or not it's about being around people that will only bring good into our life they're not going to bring drama sadness a good friend doesn't like to get caught up in talking badly about others they don't like to be negative or hang on negative feelings or vibes they're always doing something positive like they're always have their own personal goals and they're going after them they inspire us to do the same they're not just like hanging out no goals no aspirations and just basically judging others and talking about others all day or being super negative and basically you you wrap this idea around your child's head that when you have negative friends and negative uh, people who are like that, it brings a lot of negativity into your life. And and basically having friends that are more positive will bring more happiness into their life. If they're always around people who are good, then overall they're going to end up bringing a lot more um, different types of conversations that'll make life easier 
and make life lighter for the dunya, for the dunya. We're just speaking about that in particular. Now, I don't think if your children live in a place um, or at a school where the majority of their friends are are not Muslims, that you shouldn't have this conversation. Like, hey, you know, my kids go to public school. They're not going to find a friend Fizbillah. So, you know, this isn't really an appropriate conversation or it's not really useful information. What I would say is no, definitely still share this information. Because at the end of the day, the truth is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls for us to have these types of friendships. Now, just because we haven't set our children up for success, sometimes it's not our choice. But the point is like they're they're not around people who are like-minded. It doesn't mean they still shouldn't understand who they are. And what Allah encourages for us to make our life easy. So it's really just good for them to know. And, um, you know, there's always guidance and leniency. But to forgo what Islam tells us um, is to remove us from this infinite wisdom and protection that Allah wants for us in our daily affairs, right? So from here, basically, after we've gone over basically what a good friend is and this concept of ta'akhi and some basic concepts and, you know, basically letting them know why this is a good idea and some of the positive things it'll bring into our life, you might want to just end the piece with a little bit of story time. And this is like, stories are things everybody kind of holds on to, right? You tell them hadith and about how people love each other for the sake of Allah. Um, everyone loves stories, right? So here's a short one that you could share. And this is a famous one in uh, Sahih Muslim. A man went to visit a brother of his in another village. Allah sent an angel to wait for him on the road. When the man came along, the angel asked him, Where are you heading to? And he said, I'm going to visit a brother of mine who lives in this village. The angel asked, have you done him a favor for which now you're seeking repayment? Uh, he said, no, I just love him for the sake of Allah. The angel told him, I have a message from, to you from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has sent you that he loves you as you say you love your brother for his sake. So subhanAllah, here um, we're learning that this type of friendship is valued and loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we love others that way, Allah increases his love in us even more in, in, our, in his um, feeling towards us. And then you might want to also explain to them the seven shades on the day of judgment. This is another good one. I mean, honestly, you can find this information anywhere, like in, in, in a lot of Islamic books or online. But I'll just like, I'm not going to tell every single story of them. I'll just like run through really quickly. It's good to tell them about these seven shades, like the sweetness of faith. This is a very famous one. There are three things that whoever finds them will find the sweetness of faith. If Allah and his messenger are dearer to him than anyone else or anything else, if he loves a person solely for the sake of Allah, and if he would hate to return to kufr or disbelief after Allah has rescued him for it, um, as he'd be hate to be thrown in the fire. And these are all sahih from Bukhari and Muslim. Okay, And basically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that there's all these um, promises in the akhirah. So we explained to them that in the dunya, they're going to have an easier life. But in the akhirah, Allah is going to shower them with all these rewards in the shade because of having these friendships. Now, at the end of the, this is just a basic, like I said, intro for them on basically the concept of friendship and, and what a good friend is and why it's a great idea to have one in the dunya and the akhirah, the benefits. And the, the closing discussion I might have with them is, I just, you know, sometimes you want to know what kids got out of something. You want to make sure they really understood. She might want to say, based on what we talked about, can you answer in your own words what a good friend is? 
according to Islam? Like, what did you get out of it? What do you think it is now? Say it in your own words. Having children say it back to you, um, it's funny because it allows you to really understand what they grasp from it. Um, and if they struggle with it, you can help them. And, and then there's a really good thing to say to them because we can't expect things from others until we do it ourselves. And it helps us to, to get out of this concept of just me, 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 where I think everyone should be great to me, but I can give out, you know, subpar quality. So you might want to say to them, do you think you're a good friend? Do you think you're the friend that you just described? Be honest. Why are we not? Are not? What might be something that you need to work on? And then you might want to be honest with them about something that you need to work on. It's really great for children to see that parents are not know-all-be-alls and they have weaknesses too. And showing them that you're working through your own things actually encourages them to work as well. And um, that's just something good to share. And lastly, Something that's really good is sometimes if they're the older kids, like the preteens and teens, they really are able to notice that there's not that great friends out there. They can pick up on the fact that some of their friends aren't the best of friends. So you might want to say to them, hey, you know what? If you could choose the most important thing, every Muslim, if it's a girl you're talking to, girl should be uh, is struggling with or you think that, you know, if it's a boy, you know, whatever, it, it if you could choose the most important thing that every Muslim girl needs to, to learn in order to be a better friend, what do you think it is? What do you think they need to learn more? Like not not to backbite. They learn, need to learn how to be more honest. They need to learn how to love themselves more. You know, and why do you think they're struggling? Let's let's have some empathy for the people who aren't the best of friends. You know, why do you think that friend is struggling? And that's going to kind of help us se- a segue, especially for the preteens and teens, if you have those, um, into the next um, couple lessons where we're going to talk about empowering children to understand a little bit more about what could happen if they don't choose the right friends and then empowering them to start to make better decisions if they haven't made the greatest ones already like sometimes we think oh well, I already have these friends I'm kind of stuck with them no not necessarily we kind of have to give children the tools to understand that they can break away from relationships and that they have complete control because if they don't think they have control if they think everyone kind of controls them then this will kind of make them to, to fall into this um maybe pattern where they become victimized or they might actually not feel strong enough to say no even in times of peer pressure right so thank you so much for listening today that was the first lesson that i would use and i have used these to talk to my children over the years i also use these in teen groups with children with other sisters we run some classes and i just want to share those with you because i think that these things are really important to share with our children and hope to see you in the next podcast for lesson two thank you so much assalamu alaikum